Welcome to Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national stories focusing on news, politics, and current events. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Update One. I'm today's host, Shannon Fisher, and my guest is Lisa Matthews. We are going to talk about media coverage of the nonprofit sector and the manner in which that coverage differs from that of for-profit organizations. Lisa has extensive experience in many areas of journalism, so we're very lucky to have her here today to give us a well-rounded perspective. Uh, A little bit about Lisa. She has a Bachelor of Arts from James Madison University in Communications with with a concentration in broadcast journalism. And after starting her career as an anchor and reporter for a national public radio affiliate, she went on to work as a planning editor and assignment manager for the Associated Press for nearly two decades. While there, she was responsible for planning all aspects of news coverage for the AP's television, online, and radio platforms. And she planned coverage of events like the 2012 Republican Convention, the 2014 U.S.-Africa Summit, the Detroit Auto Show, and even the Olympics. Lisa has won two Edward R. Murrow Awards, one for her coverage of September 11th and the other for continuing coverage of the economy. She also was awarded the Associated Press's Grambling Spirit Award during her time at the AP. On the other side of journalism, Lisa is now vice president at Hager Sharp, a PR agency that's working to develop media strategy for mostly for nonprofit clients. She develops media strategy for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and National Institutes of Health National Diabetes Education Program. This is what makes her the ideal guest for our show today. And then to bring it on home to the National Press Club, Lisa was featured in the NPC member spotlight. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Lisa Matthews to the show today. Lisa, welcome. Thanks so much, Shannon. I'm so glad to have you here to share this with us because you've worked on both sides of communications. And let's start with your editorial experience. When you were planning coverage of anything having to do with nonprofit organizations, what were some of the topics that you covered? Well, generally speaking, when we were going to cover something for a not-for-profit, it usually tagged on to a larger story. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, something like um, a tsunami or uh, a major earthquake, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So like if World Vision came to the AP and they wanted to uh, provide a spokesperson to talk about what they were doing on the ground or the American Red Cross came and they wanted to talk about what was happening on the ground, then um, we would cover what they were doing. Uh, Additionally, I think um, just as I was leaving the AP, uh, I think everyone remembers the uh, ALS uh, ice bucket challenge. Yes. Uh, That definitely garnered quite a bit of coverage, got quite a bit of interest on that. So, yeah, definitely situations where there were records made or there was some catastrophic uh, situation and there was a response uh, from an organization that happened to be a nonprofit. Oh, that's fantastic. That makes perfect sense. And so when you were on the receiving end of the PR reps contacting you for coverage, uh, what were the main differences you noticed in the material that was sent to you from nonprofits versus for-profit businesses? I'd say that uh, materials we received on the uh, AP planning desk from for-profit organizations often read like a commercial. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even in cases where it was the foundation arm of the company, For example, there was a a major retailer that pitched us multiple times 
uh, and those pitches always came across as, as very commercial. And I, it focused more on the themes of the company, like what you would see when you went in their brick and mortar store, uh -huh. uh, rather than on the work that was actually being done. And in many cases, they basically buried the lead of the good work being done uh, by leading with the commercial brand. Those were some of the pitfalls, I think, uh, for the for-profits in terms of their pitching. Sure. Uh, now, David Kitross wrote a piece for Media Ethics about the fact that people expect more from nonprofits than from corporations in exchange for tax breaks and expecting them to help the poor and tend to the sick, essentially expecting nonprofits to be the good guys. And so when a nonprofit makes a mistake, the anger runs pretty deep. And I know that they've come under much greater scrutiny since the United Way scandal in 2002. Uh, so when you were on the editorial end of things, uh, was a financial report something your reporters would request when covering these kinds of organizations? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I have to say that I agree uh, with that uh, observation that those nonprofits have come under tougher scrutiny. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly the United Way scandal had a lot to do with that. And, and there have been others in recent years. You might say that the media is holding uh, nonprofits to the standards that it sets for itself. Sure. You know, the, the idea that not-for-profits are in business for the greater good actually falls in line with a tenet of journalism, you know, of serving the public, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's an expectation of uh, fairness, impartiality, uh, accountability, uh, transparency. Right. You know. Yeah, journalists should do no harm. Non-for-profits should do no harm. Yes, definitely same, a same code of ethics standard. going through both mm -hmm. of them. Now, so for-profit companies, uh, they tend to market themselves as experts, especially in fields like medicine and science. And so was there any difference in the data that you received from companies versus non-profits? Oh, totally. There were definitely differences. And, and generally, I'd say that those differences revolved around usually around the data and uh, the way the data was collected. You know, the sourcing in particular of, of that data collection. You know, it, it really is also about the methodology used to gather that data. So one of the things that I would say, you know, it, if you're going to have a survey done, which generally those for-profits do and non-profits do, the best way to do that is to have that survey done uh, by a more reputable outlet like NORC or GFK or even Pew. Right. Uh, because the methods that they use are, are a known entity in media circles and generally trusted and more reliable. You know, one of the things I noticed when I was on the desk uh, at AP is that we would get these online surveys, Harris polls, and things of that nature. And I know that lots of folks use those, but um, you know, at the AP we had a, a different standard. And uh, we need something that's more reliable. And those those online surveys aren't always reliable. Right. And so, so the, the nonprofits were definitely a more trusted source uh, as far as giving data. That's, that makes sense. Uh, and so I, I think there's one problem across the board in that people who are seeking press coverage, uh, they often don't really know that what feels like news to them, like a, a new product or service that they're offering, is not really news. And so do you feel like there's any more leeway with nonprofits as far as what is newsworthy? No, because if there's not a if if there's not a story there, there's not a story there. Right. Um, 
a story is what something that affects your mind, your heart, your pocketbook, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. what moves people to action, okay? And if you've got a good story, if it's something that perks your ears up, mm -hmm. then you know you've got a good story. And I know in many cases, uh, some not-for-profits uh, don't have the resources to to hire a firm or uh, work with a communications professional that knows what it takes to get a story told in the media. Right. But, you know, my advice to them would be, it's like if if your neighbor would be interested in hearing that story and they're not going to go to sleep listening to that story, then you got a story. Right. Sure. So how can nonprofits tailor their press strategy to make the information that they release more genuinely newsworthy? Well, they can begin by highlighting what the news is. Mm-hmm. You know, how again, how does that story that they are trying to tell or want to be told affect the average Joe? You know, again, something that you learn in Journalism 101, a good story appeals to the heart, the mind, the pocketbook. And that's what that's when you get people's attention. That's when people listen. Um, and, and that's something that's never going to change. And, and, and what's going to move someone to action? Yes, yes. And, well, and as far as moving people to action, uh, it, these days in journalism, clickbait is, uh, is, is somewhat the norm. Uh, and it's, it's kind of based mainly on advertising revenue from clicks and shares online. It's maligned by readers, uh, but it's celebrated by ad managers. So how does that sensationalism for clickbait factor into the equation? Well, you know, there, there's an undeniable interest that clients have in measuring success. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and these days, finding that number or percentage of eyeballs is tougher to determine. Um, I think it's important not to get caught up in that. One of the things, I mean, I watch cable news all day long. Mm -hmm. And uh, something that a lot of them are doing now is talking about what's trending. You know, what what's trending on Twitter? What's trending on Yahoo? What's trending isn't always what's what the news is. Uh -huh. It may be, you know, that can be manipulated. So go with your gut and be more strategic about where your story is is um, placed. That makes sense. That really makes yeah. sense. Now, so in general, who is your target audience? What kind of reporters uh, are the most receptive to covering your nonprofit clients? Well, you know, in general, Hager Sharp clients come from education and health and wellness fields. Mm -hmm. So our target audience varies from client to client uh, based on the message they're trying to get out or a story they want to tell. Uh, for example, the National Diabetes Education Program, which you mentioned at the top, mm -hmm. uh, wanted to get out its guiding principles uh, for the care of people with or at risk for diabetes. Uh, we pitched an appearance by Dr. Griffin Rogers on uh, NBC4 right here in D.C. Mm -hmm. uh, for their health and fitness expo. And uh, we knew that the majority of the participants would be from D.C.'s African-American community, and that community has specific concerns around diabetes, so it was a perfect fit. We're always looking at health and education reporters. Uh, they're, they're the most generally receptive, and of course there are opportunities to pitch business news outlets as well and, and general beat reporters. So it really depends on the client and what they're looking for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, what about the nonprofit news outlets out there? The Pew Research Center identified 172 digital nonprofit news outlets, the majority of which are at a state or local level. So how does local coverage factor into the equation for national organizations? Well, you know, local coverage can be key. Mm -hmm. You know, as you know, every story is not going to appeal to a national audience. 
so again, you know, when you realize that there's an opportunity to take a broader issue and apply it to a local community, you know, that's the way to go. Right. That's what we that's what we did with the National Diabetes Education Program, and we're certainly doing that with other clients. We're working with one right now that has um, hepatitis C as their primary issue, and we are looking at situations in different cities and towns where they're having outbreaks of hepatitis C. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing right now is to try to craft a communications plan where we can target those specific cities because that's what's in the news locally. Ah. You know, it is a broader issue issue, but we want to get keyed in on uh, and get the, perk the ears of the local audience there. You know, you're not going to see this story on uh, NBC Nightly News. You're just not. But the locals are going to pick that up. Especially if it affects the local community, most definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So a, a 2014 nonprofit communications trends report from a survey of over 2,100 nonprofits in the U.S. found that the top nonprofit communication goals were acquiring new donors, engaging the community, and building general brand awareness. So is, is that what you find are the priorities for your clients? Oh, for sure. More along the lines of brand awareness, thought leadership positioning, and definitely community engagement. Uh, that's basically what many of our clients are looking for. They're looking for more ways of getting their messages out to the public through the media, yeah. you know, and that includes traditional and social media, for sure. Excellent. Now, so for uh, for all of the nonprofit people out there who are listening and they're struggling mm-hmm. to get media coverage for their events or their social programs or health screenings, what advice can you give them? Well, well they should call me. <laughs> right here at Hager Sharp. <laughs> they, they can reach me at lmatthews at uh, hagersharp.com, and I'm happy to help them. Um, Great. But you know what? In all seriousness, they just need to remember to put a human face on their story. You know, don't bury the lead of the story. And if you don't want to get on the nerves of any planning editor at a news operation, resist the temptation to spam your message. Amen. Be strategic. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You have offered some some really good uh, real world applications of, of of strategy for nonprofits, I, and no one else could have offered it because your perspective is uh, from just about every angle of of the business. Thank you so much for being here today, Lisa. Thanks for having me, Shannon. And everyone out there, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Shannon Fisher for Update One. You have been listening to Update One, a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Committee. You can comment on this show or any episode of Update One by going to facebook.com slash pressclubdc or on Twitter at pressclubdc. Thanks for listening to Update One.